Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So you have, on this one hand, a God that created the universe who is incredibly holy. We don't even understand what that means. He hates sin. He judges sin. It includes the wrath of God. The flip side of God is on this other character over here that he's loving and he's kind and he's full of mercy. In fact, it's new every single morning and he wants to know man. So how do we balance this character over here of God and this other hand, this God that seems to be totally opposite? The link between the fear of God and wisdom means we cannot possess wisdom if we recreate God in our own image. Too many people want to tame God into a non-threatening nobody. But if we redefine the Lord as a God that makes us feel comfortable, a buddy who exists simply to bless us and give us what we want, we will not fear Him in the way He deserves to be feared. The Lord God Almighty is far greater than that. And the fear of the Lord begins when we see Him in His majesty and power. Today, Pastor Mark will challenge us to look at God in this way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 7, for our continuing study entitled, The Key to Everything. Now take a moment, look at verse 7, and look at chapter 9, verse 10. And what are the first five words in both verses? The fear of the Lord. The key to life is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the foundation to all wisdom. It is the key to everything. So, in this box are all the answers to your life. Teenager, young married person, single parent, divorce, older person. Looking for a job, home, relationships, whatever you need. The key to this box for you is found in the fear of the Lord. Now, that brings up another question. If the one key is the fear of the Lord, and that will open up everything in my life and your life, what should our next question be? What is the fear of the Lord? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. What is the fear of the Lord? Well, let me give you a definition. The fear of the Lord is to worship, respect, and love him so much that we desire to obey him. The fear of the Lord is to worship, 
respect and love him so much that we desire to obey him. The fear of the Lord relates to his character, the character of God. You cannot separate the fear of the Lord from the character of God. So we have to realize that God is the creator. We're his children. The God is the father. We are his children. God is the boss. We are his servants. Do you understand what you just said? He's the boss. He's the man. We are the servants. A young boy on his first day of school was wandering home from Sunday school, kind of taking his time on the way, and he scuffed his shoes in the grass, and he found a caterpillar, and he found a fluffy milkweed pot, and you know what you do with those. He blew it out. A bird's nest in the tree overhead, so wisely placed on high, was just another wonder that caught his eager eye. A neighbor watched his zigzag course and hailed him from the lawn and asked him where he'd been that day and what was going on. I've been to Bible school, he said, and turned a piece of sod. He picked up a wiggly worm, replying, I've learned a lot of God. Mmm, very fine, the neighbor said, for a boy to spend his time. If you'll tell me where God is, I'll give you a brand new dime. Quick as a flash, the answer came, nor were his accents faint. I'll give you a dollar, mister, if you can tell me where God ain't. <laughs> you see, God is everything. And there's an understanding, probably a misunderstanding in our world, most people wouldn't admit they're an atheist, some do. But those people that even say, I know God, I believe in God, they don't understand God. They don't understand his character at all. And we want, what we want to share with you tonight is just some interesting things. The fear of the Lord is kind of like sweet and sour. There's a balance to it. On the one hand, we have a picture of a God who is absolutely holy, cannot stand sin, is just, hates sin, always judges sin, and you have the wrath of God. So you have, on this one hand, a God, the creator of the universe, who is incredibly holy. We don't even understand what that means. He hates sin. He judges sin. It includes the wrath of God. The flip side of God is on this other character over here that he's loving, and he's kind, and he's full of mercy. In fact, it's new every single morning. And he wants to know man. So how do we balance this character over here of God and this other hand, this God that seems to be totally opposite? How do we balance that with the fear of the Lord? Well, the only way you can do it is through Scripture. God is all-powerful, he's holy, and he's pure. Let's turn back. Keep your fingers there. We'll be back in a moment. Go back to the book of Exodus, second book. Chapter 19. And what I want you to do tonight, we haven't done this for a while, I want you to immerse yourself in the text. You see, when Jesus taught, he taught with color, he taught with animation, he taught with smell. The people were into it because he used practical illustrations. Now, I could take you outside tonight, but that's not going to do any good. So we're going to have to be in here. So... We're going to be the children of Israel, and we're going to be 
kind of near Mount Sinai. And we've just been freed from 400 years of bondage. And Moses is going to be talking to God. And God's going to say this, Moses, let the people get themselves prepared to come and talk to me. So we're going to be able to approach God. Now, in the New Testament, that's not hard for us because the book of Hebrews tells us we just boldly go right in because of grace. But in those days, you didn't do that. So I want you to do something tonight. Just pretend. Now, don't do it, but let's take your shoes off. I'm watching. Take, take your shoes off. you got to immerse yourself in the text. Come on. I mean, whatever. Just, just pretend. And we're, we're getting ready. Now, as you do this, let, let's get ready so you can picture what's happening. Look at verse 10, Exodus 19. Hey, a lot of you came to church where you knelt and, man, you're up and down 43 times in the service. Taking your shoes off is no big deal, is it? Come on. Verse 10, and the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes. All right. Come on, scrub your clothes. Why are you doing that? What's it say? You're getting yourself what? Ready. See, all you could do in those days really was what? An external kind of deal. It was external. You were getting yourselves ready to meet a holy God. You were getting yourselves ready. So, we go through that process. And verse 11, and you do it today and tomorrow, because on the third day, The Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. So they're getting ready to meet a holy God. Man is sinful. So there were some things in those days that they would do to consecrate themselves to be ready to meet this holy God. Verse 12. Put limits for the people, God speaking to Moses, around the mountain and tell them this. In other words, like putting a fence around the mountain. Be careful that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. He shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on him, whether man or animal. He shall not be permitted to live. So if if your pet got free and went to the mountain before God said go to the mountain, forget the pet. If one of the kids said, this is very interesting. Those of you that have strong-willed children. That would have been the end of the strong-willed child. I listen to you, Mom and Dad. I'm going to the mountain anyway. Boom. See, we, we don't understand the holiness of God. See, God says, you can't come until I tell you to come. Oh, yes, I can. Anytime I want, I can. Try it once. It's the only time you tried it. Now, begin to put this in the picture. This is the mountain. Okay? Would you have any respect for the mountain? Hmm? Sure, sure you would. Because if you touched it, well, what happened to you? You're going to die. So some of you are going to say, nah, I don't believe that. They're dead. See, I mean, there's an image that has to come here, a contrast of who God is and how holy he was. Now, as you're listening to this, remember, the whole key to this is one word, obedience. It's the whole key, is obedience. So, As we go on, we get a little more description. We have these boundaries. And Moses had gone down to the people. He consecrated them. And he 
and they washed their clothes. Then he said to the people, prepare yourself for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. That wasn't sinful. What that was is you keep your mind on getting ready to meet a holy God. You don't focus on any the normal things of life. You don't focus on it. Just exactly like we see in 1 Corinthians 7. In other words, you're getting ready to, to meet God. Make all your energy focused on God. Verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. Just begin to picture that in your mind. And a thick cloud on the stage just absolutely covered this stage. You couldn't even see the mountain. And a very loud trumpet blast. Now this didn't come from man. This came from heaven. It made this huge blast. Now, what does it say the reaction of the people was? Well, here's what they happened. Some of the people went, cool, dude. Way to go, big guy. Look at the man upstairs. Nice display. Is that what happened? Would we hear that today? Even from Christians. Big guy in the sky, wow. Not a big guy in the sky. He's the creator of the universe. Notice when they saw the mountain filled with smoke and they heard this trumpet. Notice, what does it say? 20% of the people trembled. There were no unbelievers. They all trembled. Why? Awesomeness of God. Verse 17, then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. And Mount Sinai was covered with smoke. Why? Because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. Not only was there smoke, but look at the last part. The whole mountain trembled Violently. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Put yourself there. If Moses would have then said, What is the fear of the Lord like? Would you get it? We would get it. Would there be a person that missed it? Hmm, I don't know when you fear the Lord's like. No, everybody trembled. The mountain was moving. The mountain. And it was on fire because a holy God was standing before them. There was no joking. There was no playing around. There was no talking to your neighbor. It was a holy place. It was the awesome display of God's power. Now, is that the only thing that we can grasp in the fear of God? In other words, do I want to be left with that? Is there anything else? Well, what I just showed you was which side? It was this side of God. The one that's holy. The one that can't stand sin. The one that doesn't play games. The one that judges sin. But there's another side of God. The one that's full of grace, mercy, peace. 
Jesus, as he walked the earth, the disciples said, if you just show us the Father, what's he like? We'd like to get a grasp of it. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we have another picture of the fear of the Lord. It helps us balance both of those. So I wrote for you on the overhead this. There is a balance between God's awesome power and in his loving kindness. The fear of the Lord, listen, is more than respect. Normally we hear this. Well, what is the fear of the Lord? A reverential respect. No. The fear of the Lord is more than respect, but less than terror. You see, God doesn't want us to be frightful, but somewhere between that soft, fluffy kind of word, reverential awe, and nobody even knows what that means, it kind of means to some people like this big guy in the sky, between that and this fearful kind of terror that if God was here and he saw me, man, I'm through, it's over. Somewhere between there is that balance. To get a better picture of it, let's turn to the book of Revelation, last book, last book of the Bible. You can put your shoes back on. Now we're going to another one, though. And I'm going to ask you to do something while we do it. Just be ready. Revelation chapter 1, verse 13. John the Apostle is the one who wrote the book of Revelation. We have an interesting picture of him in contrast to John the Apostle, who walked with Jesus. Well, look at verse 13. John is on the island of Patmos. You remember when we did the book of Revelation? He's getting a vision of Jesus, of God in heaven. We pick it up in verse 13. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. This is a vision John's having. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, bronze speaking of judgment, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his hand he held the seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Now, what was the response of John at this vision? Verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. When John saw this overwhelming vision of God, he fell at the feet as if dead. At his feet. He didn't fall backwards like we see on TV. He fell in awesome power at his feet. Because he saw the creator of the universe. You see, when Jesus was on this earth, he was fully man and fully God. John never grasped the fully God part. He did that day. And what did he do? 
Boom. Holy, awesome God. The words don't even, I mean, there's a vision he got, an actual vision of God. Now, how can that be when you contrast it with the other John? So this is the holiness of God. John goes, boom, he just goes down on his feet and he says, man, I can't even look at the, the creator of the universe. He's so holy and look at me. But then Jesus, in the vision, puts his hands on him and says what? Come on. Don't be afraid. It's okay. So which side of that are we looking at? We're looking on the grace, mercy, and peace side. Which side would you like to look at tonight? This side, wouldn't you? But there's both. There is both. So John now, he's thinking, wow, just a few months ago, I lived three years with this guy. We were best buddies. I was one of the top three. I put my head on his chest. We joked around together. You see, all he knew when Jesus was on earth was that he was fully man. Do you get it? He didn't see the other side that he was fully God until the vision. We don't see enough of this side. It's not a terror side. It's a holy side. Let me say something very stupid to you. If we saw this side, and don't laugh because I mean it, if we saw this side, we'd be on time to worship. We wouldn't be 30 minutes late to worship the creator of the universe. We wouldn't drag in here when we would never drag in late at work because we're afraid of getting fired. But see, we only want to look at this side. Maybe that'll change you. Maybe that'll change me. You see, there is both sides to look at. And it's hard. Remember the thing I opened with tonight is, it's going to bring correction to us. Ooh. I'm not here to judge you. I'm, not, I'm just like you. I have lots of faults. But I tell you, there's some parts of our lives, and one of them is being on time to church, that would definitely change. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's just my nature. <laughs> Remember what he said in the Old Testament? Don't come to the mountain. You come? Certainly he's not going to do that. But see, there's an we miss this aspect of God, don't we? I miss it. There's a holiness that created the universe. John didn't do anything to do but just fall as dead to his feet. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, is that the balanced view? That's the balanced view. Because you know at the end what's going to happen? The Bible says this. At the end, every person ever who has lived is going to kneel at the feet of Jesus and they're going to confess he's Lord. Why should we study the book of Proverbs? Even the smartest person in the world would gain much wisdom from this book. But God says, don't be a know-it-all, be teachable. To gain this wisdom, we must be teachable. Pastor Mark told us that wisdom is living life according to God's viewpoint, with God's values and in God's timing. And it all begins with the fear of the Lord. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will continue to explore the fear of the Lord. You may think we should stand before God in fear and trembling like he's a big evil monster. But we have already learned that God is full of mercy, love, and grace. There is a balance between God's awesome power and his loving kindness. The fear of the Lord is to worship, respect, and love him so much that we desire to obey him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world. A new hope He is giving Lord let us hear your 